Emily Elizabeth, and I'm the host of the What Fulfills You podcast, a show for and about individuals always seeking to be their best selves. On this show, we talk all about building the mindset, finding the right careers, creating meaningful relationships, and so much more. Welcome to the What Fulfills You podcast. Hi everyone, what's up? Welcome back to the What Fulfills You podcast. My name is Emily and I'm your host. If you are new here, thank you for tuning in to this amazing episode. And if you are a returning listener, I continuously appreciate your support and I'm very grateful for it. Like I always say every week, I'm not a bullshitter. I do mean it. So thank you again, you guys. Um, But before we dive into today's guest and today's episode, I just want to kind of catch up with you guys and, um, you know, obviously can't have a conversation with those um, who are listening, but I hope you all enjoyed Memorial Day weekend, whether you just took a chill weekend and didn't pay attention to work and stayed home, or maybe you, you know, maybe you live in a city right now where it's opened up and you got a chance to go to like a restaurant with family, close family friends, things like that. Um, whatever you did, I hope it was a very good time. I was able to fortunately spend some quality time with uh, family and that was just really awesome because if you guys follow me on Instagram, you probably know that I live alone and um, I don't see a human being at all during quarantine, literally, like I don't, um, which fortunately I would say it's not been unbearable, like it's been fine. It's just like at the same time I understand as a human I need social interaction and saying hi and bye to the cashier at a grocery store is not going to cut it. So um, it was nice just to be able to kind of get out, get some fresh air, go on hikes. Um, I went to Arizona so it was just like a nice very um, socially distancing place because I'm going on hikes <laughs> um, and just spending quality time but yeah anyways um, I'm also just really stoked you know um, if you guys live outside of California in a more rural area maybe aside from the northeast then I'm gonna say you you guys are probably relatively opened up as well so I hope that is the case for you if you're listening and I I sure hope um you know, you guys are feeling excited about it because I certainly am feeling, um, you know, just happy that things are just having a slow turnaround with um, things reopening. And I think it's um, a fair time to do that. And it is happening where I live in Southern California. So I'm feeling happy about it. But I know my parents and best friends from home in Pennsylvania, actually, to my surprise, or mm, yes or no, kind of, kind of not. But I know Pennsylvania is not really open yet, especially where my friends and my family live, which is, um, give or take, an hour outside of Philadelphia. So, yeah, it's uh, not doing so hot for them. And I I remember, you know, it's it's not easy living in rural Pennsylvania because it takes like 15 minutes to go to Starbucks and you can't even do that. So, I am just uh, praying and thinking of everyone still feeling that anxiety of when things are opening up again and when things will go back to normal because it's been a long time. But this episode's super awesome, so I don't want to keep talking about COVID and all these updates, but just wanted to 
spread some light, I guess, and, you know, wish you guys well, whatever your situation may be. To dive into a little bit about today's guest, which I am so stoked for you guys to hear more, her name is Leah Yu, and she is a beauty influencer known for sharing skincare tips that empower her viewers with knowledge coupled with the experience she gained while working at Korea's largest beauty company, Amore Pacific. Today, Leah is the founder behind Crave Beauty, which is a skincare company focused on keeping the skincare routine simple with very few products compared to the conventional route of utilizing excessive products, aka like 12. <laughs> Crave Beauty believes in the power of simplicity by urging every woman and man to step back, press reset, and listen to your skin's needs. So on today's episode, we dive in all things about skincare, her experience with it, what she understands and knows about consumerism in you know the skincare industry, and why she had a personal mission and purpose to create her own. And then we just also dive into a little bit about her personal life in terms of like her routines, her scheduling, like what she does, her philosophy, all the good stuff that I think we always like um, to pick someone's brain about if we're trying to really get deep. So um, this was a lovely episode. Leah is just so sweet and I um, hope you guys really like this. And before we dive in though, just want to preface really quick. Parts of the audio for like maybe five to ten minutes, give or take, in the middle of the episode, it was a little bit, um, I guess, like scratchy on her end just because there was something in um, her mic, but no worries because we were able to resolve that um, afterwards, so the rest of the episode from there on is totally good, but just want to preface that in case any of you guys uh, do notice that or do have complaints about it, I just want to say um, I'm fully aware of it, but you know... We're not perfect here. We're just always trying our best. So I'm going to stop ranting now and let's just get right into today's episode. Well, hello, Leah. Thank you so much for joining me today. Hi. Thank you so much for having me, Emily. I'm a huge of fan of your podcast. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. And honestly, I'm a huge fan of you and your content as well. And I, I'm a huge fan of the way you're very passionate about what you do. So I'm super stoked for everyone to hear about it today. Awesome. Me too. <laughs> okay. Well, I hope I can provide some value actually. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know you definitely will. Um, well, let's, let's start with your story. Let's hear a little bit about who you are for those who might not know about you yet, or maybe haven't come across your content. How would you describe your story from today? Yeah. To give you a brief background of who I am right now, I guess. Um, hello, everyone. My name is Leah Yu. I'm a content creator on YouTube with nearly a million subscribers. And I help people understand their skin better and help navigate this overwhelming skincare journey, which can be very daunting. And I also have a skincare startup called Crave Beauty, which starts with a K. I love it. And can you take us through how you started, you know, from YouTube? So like how old you were, what was your initial, um, I guess, goal when you started YouTube? You know, how some people have a goal of like trying to make it big or some people just wanted to do it at a random point. What was the starting point for you? So I had no goals <laughs> starting my YouTube channel. I think a lot of the creativity or creative journey starts or happens 
out of boredom. And I was at my senior year in college where I was studying interior design and architectural design in Korea in Iwa Women's University there. And I was pretty sure that I was not going to become an architect or I'm, gonna, I'm not going to be in an architectural field post-grad. And I think, I think at that time I was kind of observing where the world is going. And I noticed that there were a lot of interest towards K-pop stars makeup and K-pop stars you know, skincare routine, how do they achieve such like glass skin status? And there weren't a lot of information out there um, reviewing Korean skincare products or giving that insider Korean skincare tip. So that's when I actually started just reviewing products casually because that was when I was living in South Korea. So I had access to all the different new and up and coming innovations that was happening in South Korea. So that's when I started. And that was almost like, I think, eight years ago already. Um, but I actually um, got a job in Amore Pacific HQ, which is a really big beauty conglomerate company that's equivalent to perhaps L'Oreal or Estee Lauder companies in South Korea. So that was my very first like official job out of college and I was there for about two and a half years and I think at the point I reached a point where I felt like my YouTube was growing and I just couldn't keep up with both at the same time so I decided to transition full-time to become a full-time content creator on YouTube in 2015-2016 that period and I think that's when my YouTube channel really took off because I was more you know, consistently uploading and I was able to approach my YouTube channel in a much more strategic way mm -hmm. by having a certain or a clear goal. Yeah. Yeah. Was it about like the, you know, so did you have a deciding point? Was it because you were making enough through YouTube or your numbers of, you know, maybe subscribers, followers, was, was it something like that or was it more of a gut feeling? So at the point where, at the point when I was trying to quit my job, my YouTube wasn't really paying me anything. I think um, it was paying me probably a Metro card worth of money. So like $200, $300 a month. But I think it was uh, giving me a little bit of internal conflicts because it was in a way a conflict of interest because I was working for a beauty company and like sometimes you bump into like all the all the different marketers who's trying to I guess take advantage of your YouTube channel to mm -hmm. promote their products and for me I wasn't personally comfortable you know taking those requests because this was strictly my side hobby but mm -hmm. then like the line was becoming a little bit blurry so I don't think the choice was very much up to me, to be honest, compared to a lot of different, you know, other, you, compared to a lot of other YouTubers who may have quit their jobs, quit their full-time jobs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I like that you mentioned you felt like an internal conflict because I think that's something I have felt as well when something didn't feel aligned with me and when I felt like... I was drawn to something else and it just felt like that was the path I should go on and just something inside. I don't even know if I would describe it as a gut feeling, but just something inside just tells you like that way is not the right way. Like this is like where I should be going. You know, sometimes it's just that pull. I don't mm. know if that's what you mean as well. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think that intuition is something that a lot of people try to like 
neglect because it's just a gut feeling. It's not really scientific. It's not logical. But I think it really tells you a lot. And oftentimes listening to your intuition and that gut feeling and paying a playing paying a closer attention to it actually leads you to the path that you actually should take. Mm-hmm. I like that. So moving on to, you know, shifting from YouTube to now your skincare line, how did you start that and how did you pivot from it? And I guess maybe mm. um, I saw that it, you, it looks like you've been doing it for maybe a few years now, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I want to actually, I guess, walk you back to my personal skincare journey yeah. so that I have, I can give you a better understanding of where I was coming from. Um, so I think, um, like anyone else, I also battled with acne for quite some time. I think it was my early twenties for about five years. I I was battling with acne, and you know, naturally, I literally tried everything because I was desperate to clear my skin. I applied benzoyl peroxide and, you know, all of those conventional topical acne treatments like salicylic acid, mm-hmm. very drying products. And I took antibiotics. I tried very different invasive laser treatments from dermatology offices. And I just made sure that my skin was always squeaky clean. Mm-hmm. And as you might have guessed, like my skin took a really huge toll because of it. And not only was my acne not cured, Um, But I was also suffering from constantly oily skin and chronic inflammation and sensitized and really reactive and angry, just irritated skin. And I think at one point, because I was desperate to clear my acne, like I was shoving so many different products at once. I think I was shoving like 12 or 15 different products in a single regime. Mm. And my skin was just really tortured at that point. And it was almost screaming at me to chill the F out, to be honest. (laughs) Um, And you do that, like you are in that constant vicious cycle for so long and you feel like your skin is better one day, but it's actually the same the next day. So there's something that you were or I was fundamentally doing wrong. And I think from then on, I began to research a lot about the actual biology and the physiology of how our skin works naturally. And I think soon I realized how misleading all the beauty industry claims could be. A lot of beauty brands position themselves on the notion of fixing your skincare problems with Mm -hmm. products and therefore sell you on this like miraculous solution. Um, But the truth is like our skin is actually a lot smarter than we think. And I think this is the fact that a lot of beauty companies are trying to hide from us. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like they want you to believe that your skin is incapable of functioning without their products, right? Because they're, they're going to probably lose profit or sales if you tell people that your skin is actually really smart. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think from that point, like after gaining some sort of confidence or believing more into my skin's natural functionality, my natural skin barrier, and the ecosystem my skin naturally has, and I think my skincare routine has 180 degree transformed and that I streamlined and simplified my routine. I changed to really gentle and hydrating products. And I think I was using three to five products at most, 
in a single routine. And that completely changed my skin's health and my skin got so much clearer. And I think at that point I was like, I felt really scammed by the entire industry because all the beauty brands tried to sell you on, um, I guess all the over promises and, you know, this, oftentimes less is actually really more to your skin and not a lot of brands are actually preaching that. So I think the simple realization of how powerful like that press reset moment in your skincare journey could be made me realize that um, actually there needs to be a skincare brand out there who preaches this message, who Mm -hmm. says the right thing, who educates people to cleanse less for the for the sake of their skin's health while telling a while selling a cleanser Mm -hmm. and I knew that I wasn't alone like a lot of my subscribers I interact with real women and men every single day as a content creator you are in the front line of you know interacting with real human being with real needs and real pain points real problems and these are the people who have literally went down that rabbit hole of trying to fix their problems fix their skin with million different products without seeing much results. And they completely transform their skin by just simply trusting their skin a little bit more and streamlining and simplifying their routine. And I think that gave me a confidence to start a skincare brand. Yeah, I think it was more of trying to instill or have a voice or perhaps start a movement in the beauty industry to say that our skin is smart and less is more and let's actually just tune into our skin and feed what it actually craves nothing more than that and nothing Mm. nothing less than that I think it was more about I think my ambition was more about that rather than actually building a product-based business if that makes sense yeah and I think that is not only do I love your story, but I think that's precisely why I really wanted to interview you and why I feel like you're very aligned for this podcast is because I seek out people who I find or I've seen by observing that they they do something with a real underlying purpose that really aligns with them. And I think you just shared that right there where you felt, you know, that you've discovered in your own experience, you know, whether it was feeling a little bit scammed by the beauty industry and feeling like, why do I need 12 different products when the truth is I actually only need three to five. And when you make that realization for yourself and discover this personal truth and then want to share that with other people, I think that's what I love like about your message is that that was your goal. Like your goal wasn't about selling a product to people and like this whole consumer industry, right? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, this consumer market we live in where it's like, buy, buy, buy. Um, But rather just having a a belief in a way of living specifically for your skin and your beauty. Um, and, And you created a brand out of it. So I think that's super unique that it all just came back to a personal discovery later on becoming your own mission. And then now you're creating it into a amazing brand and scaling it. Thank you. No, I think it's actually funny that after, you know, we obviously sell our matcha hemp hydrating cleanser mm-hmm. on our website as one of the best, it is one of the best selling products. And we tell people to cleanse less because that's better for your skin. And I remember a few people actually commenting on our brand's feed saying that, are we a nonprofit? 
because uh, I think the communication has been very refreshing. It's very unheard of, but it's the right thing to do because you really care about whoever is going to use your product or whoever is, you know, just using any other conventional cleansers out there. We want the best out of their skin's health. Like we want to be there to be able to optimize their skin's health to the best, you know, possible way, I guess. And I don't think it has been done in the industry, funny enough. And Mm -hmm. I love that we are able to provide that kind of, I guess, honest and transparent way of educating people Mm -hmm. for the better good, instead of focusing too much about revenue or the sales goals. I mean, I think I always tell our employees and I always tell our employees and our entire team saying that it's more important for us to sell one product to 10 different people rather than selling 10 products to just one person. Mm. So that means you don't want to really upsell. You don't want to cross sell. You don't want to create unnecessary demand for the sake of it. You want to reach more people as many as possible to, you know, preach the message of your skin is really smart and, hopefully we'll be able to build a long-lasting brand that grows with people and grows Mm -hmm. with our customer and our community for a long time. Yeah, and I'm certain that it will, certainly just because hearing you say that, I love what you just said right there, that it's more important to sell one product to 10 people instead of 10 to one. And that just shows, again, where your values stand when it comes to the way you treat your customer and the way you want to actually ensure that customer has value in what they gain from your company and your, you know, your skincare brand. So I I love everything you said right there. Thank you. (laughs) I definitely want to ask, because I feel like since we're on the skincare topic and I'm sure many people are listening, have gone through it, but acne. I've obviously, like most people, have gone through the acne experience, and I think that's probably one of the first things mm. I came across your YouTube for was because of acne-related things, and honestly, to be candid, I'd say my skin has gotten so much better over the past months because probably using less products and just you know just doing things that feel more natural to me versus trying to do different things, all these masks and sulfate and all these you know different stuff and lasers and the benzoyl peroxide like you mentioned, mm. so what's your top advice when it comes to dealing with acne? And maybe if you have top three pieces of advice, what would it be? Let me preface that how skin barrier is actually related to your acne prone skin. So skin barrier is basically a moisture barrier or a shield that is on top of your skin that protects your skin from the outside external substances, pollutants, or even your skincare products. So it's more like a bouncer, um, like from a club that lets certain people in and certain Mm -hmm. people out. And it's a protective mechanism that your skin naturally has. And it consists of... um, your natural lipids, so your natural oils and natural moisturizing factors such as hyaluronic acid, which your skin naturally produces. Mm -hmm. And you want those as much as possible to have a well-functioning and well-regenerating and rejuvenating um, system. The skin barrier damaging habits include over-cleansing your skin because 
surfactants in the cleansers can damage the skin barrier system inevitably. It destroys and compromises the, the bouncer and the gateway system of your skin. And once that is compromised, it lets a lot of the irritants and the pollutants and all of the external substances with into the skin and that's when your skin starts to react and become more irritated become more red um, sensitized and also prone to more breakouts because it leads to inflammation so you want to keep your skin barrier as intact as possible mm -hmm. and it's just like very simple skincare habit changes such as cleansing less if possible and not being afraid to moisturize your skin mm -hmm. and i know a lot of oily acne prone skin like myself my past self included and i'm sure you had the point of being a little bit scared or intimidated to apply a moisturizer but it's actually really really crucial to protect your natural ecosystem of your skin so i would say the very first fundamental tip for not only um, not only acne prone skin, but for every skin to have the best skin in their lives is to protect the skin barrier system. Um, secondly, for acne prone skin, um, what there's a skin component that they are naturally deficient in. So compared to just normal skin, acne prone skin lacks in what's called linoleic acid. And this is a substance or something called a fatty acid component that people lack in. So this is kind of correlated to me trying to preach, don't be afraid to moisturize because mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of really beneficial lightweight facial oils that are going to really give you like the best skin ever for acne prone skin, not only treating the acne, but also regulating your sebum production and look for linoleic acid high oils such as safflower seed oil, rosehip seed oil. These are wonderful, lightweight, very fast absorbing, non-greasy oils. And once you are um, kind of, it's sort of like going back to feed what your skin craves. And I do view and look at skincare as more like a supplementary um, approach. So when you're deficient in certain nutrient, you would take like a vitamin C mm -hmm. um, supplement or a zinc supplement. That's what I would try to do with my skincare routine as much as possible. And this is the same approach that you can apply to your skincare, I guess, practice. And yeah, that is to say <laughs> acne-prone skin naturally is deficient in what is called linoleic acid. And once you kind of balance that out, you produce a really healthy, like non-greasy sebum, which mm -hmm. doesn't clog your pore. So if you are deficient in linoleic acid, the more gloopy your sebum becomes, therefore the more chances the sebum actually blocks and clogs your pores, which leads mm -hmm. to more acne. So you want to balance the, I guess, the nutritious value of your skin as much mm -hmm. as possible. Last tip would be if you have really oily skin that is constantly pumping out oil, every single minute, every single hour, mm -hmm. I would highly encourage you to look into taking zinc supplements. Mm -hmm. And this is just oral supplements, ingestibles, not like um, skincare, topical skincare products, but it really does fundamentally help in regulating your sebum production. Um, but if you do have drier or more dehydrated skin type, 
taking zinc supplements can dry your skin out a little bit. So mm -hmm. it has to do with, I guess, affecting your sebaceous gland, which is mm -hmm. the oil pumping gland or the oil factory underneath your skin. So zinc supplement has been really, really helpful in my past skincare journey or acne journey. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. Those are three. Right. That was a lot. <laughs> <laughs> those were three very valuable tips. The first one, so would it be something like sunscreen? Is that what would help protect that layer? Sunscreen can definitely help shield the skin barrier for mm -hmm. sure, but it's not like directly related, I would say. Okay. So, so what do you mean when you say protect that skin barrier? Like what, what would be something that you could do? Oh, so I think a lot of people get really excited when they do use chemical exfoliants. So there are like the ordinary and there are a lot of affordable options that offer really high concentration of AHA products nowadays. Right. And once you see that glow, people get addicted to it. Mm -hmm. So they naturally gravitate towards doing more, which builds a really harsh skincare habit. Mm -hmm. um, so the more actives that you play with, like active ingredients, meaning vitamin A, like retinol, vitamin C, and exfoliating agents such as AHA, BHA, and even benzoyl peroxides count as active ingredients. Um, the more you play with those active ingredients, the more sensitized and compromised your skin barrier becomes. Mm -hmm. So you really want to make sure that you don't overdo it. You don't overwash your skin. Um, I think those two are the main things. Yeah. Okay. Wow. I think those are just super valuable tips because like we both know a lot of people go through acne issues and a lot of these things I think are just not really talked about. I would say 80% of people, you know, in their teenage or early 20s who are still dealing with acne typically go the route of whatever the dermatologist says, which I would say, again, majority of the time is like, I think the first step is um, just about salicylic acid, right? Or benzoyl peroxide, yeah. some, you know, getting a face wash with that ingredient in it and then the second one being um like the topical cream right i think it's tretinoid or something like yeah. that yeah something like that exactly. and, and it's just to me it's like how can a dermatologist or how can everyone's skin be the same to the point that everyone does the same thing because like you know in accutane i think that was something that i mean i ne fortunately never had acne like as bad to the point that i would ever get prescribed to do get on accutane but I've always been like, I don't know if I ever would want to do that, even if my skin was that bad. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. What's your opinion on Accutane real quick? I haven't gone down that route. I wouldn't for myself. It's very controversial. I don't know if I'm, I have the right qualifications to answer this though. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, I totally get it. <laughs> um, I guess moving a little bit away from skincare, what does your day-to-day -day schedule look like nowadays? You know, now that you, you know, have shifted to building a, a brand and a business and also still keeping up with YouTube, what's your daily life look like? Yeah. So from typical office working hours, so Monday to Friday, nine to six is my like it's my time to strictly focus on running the company, Grey Beauty. And every hour outside of that, like including the weekends is where I would, um, where I would focus on content creation on Instagram, TikTok, or YouTube. So I have to have that boundary. Otherwise, um, it really does interrupt my entire flow. Mm -hmm. 
day to day. And I try to have both in the same day, but it really doesn't work because you have to switch gears and it really takes a lot of time for your brain to adjust to that shift or yeah. Okay. I like, and I like that too, that you separate the week you know, Monday through Friday is all focused on your business. And then over the weekend, you can shift your energy to the content creation. Because I feel like that's something a lot of people struggle with, even if they're, you know, in college right now and want to pursue something on the side, you know, starting out, right? So many people don't know how to kind of, I guess, like schedule in their calendar a way to keep, you know, school or, you know, your nine to five job Mm. completely at this hour and then shift into, you know, shift your energy into whatever else it is to do Mm. something else. Cause I think that's such a smart way to approach it. Yeah. It's very simple. It's Mm -hmm. just neuroscience, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) Um, What has been the biggest challenge you faced in building your business so far and how did you overcome it? This is definitely an interesting question because I think Um, running a company is actually way harder than building or trying to launch your own business when you're doing it solo. Yeah. So pre-launch, I thought like, this is such a hell. (laughs) I'm physically drained, mentally drained. And it is actually like probably more physically draining pre-launch, but you're actually running on endorphins. And that's actually something that keeps you motivated and keeps you working harder and harder. And I think pre-launch is probably the most exciting stage to a lot of entrepreneurs out there. At least it was for me. Um, But when you're an entrepreneur, you'll learn a lesson that a lot of things are outside of your control. And if your baby is not out yet in the world, you have a lot of time to fix that. But you still and you still own the majority of the control. But once a company is up and running, you, you have the expectations from your community, um, the customers, the employees. And I think it's a constant challenge of trying to meet those ex- expectations. I, would, I wouldn't say there's like one biggest challenge I remember. I think every day running a company has been a constant <laughs> challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, it presents very various different problems day to day. And I think the job as a CEO or founder yourself is to be a problem shoot, a troubleshooter or running to the problem and trying to alleviate those problems so that your team or your employees can work in the most optimum way. Mm -hmm. And I think that's been pretty intense for me so far. Yeah. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree with you more. I do agree that I think running a business is much more difficult than like starting it or launching it or getting excited for it and the, the idea part because I think that's something too with entrepreneurship growing over the past few years and people suddenly kind of wanting to get into it again kind of whether it's probably for those who for those who it doesn't really necessarily align with a lot of people just want to the entrepreneurship seems so exciting, right? But the fact Mm. is the day-to-day work of running a business and actually being able to, you know, project the growth of it and project the, you know, the the next season, the sales, and then actually staying aligned with your values and then the Mm. managing the people, like it's, it's not easy. So I'm certain that for you, you've, you've felt the same way. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, what is the best, career advice you've been given so far? 
So I unfortunately don't have a business mentor, but I really, really do look up to Marie Forleo. And I actually had a chance to meet her in person at Create and Cultivate Summit last year in 2019. And I was like, bold enough to raise my hand to ask a question. And I think she gave me such a solid advice that I still will remember. And I will remember forever and ever. I think it's to be sure to know like what your standards are, and what your vision is, and have a muscle, I mean, grow the muscle to say no to all of the other temptations that doesn't support your vision and that doesn't align with your standards. And I think while running a company, whether that's YouTube, whether that's with um, Crave Beauty, there are a lot of really alluring opportunities and there are a lot of, you know, short-term instant gratification-like opportunities that come to you but does that support our vision does that support our mission does that align with our values if the answer is no i think saying no to those kind of temptations or side opportunities has been really really helpful for just me to focus on the bull's eye and really honing into it without me getting distracted by a million different directions because i think there will be a lot more opportunities as you grow, as the business grows, as your podcast grows, as your channel grows. Mm -hmm. Um, But what do you really want to achieve out of this? And what is that North Star? And can this opportunity support you to get there? If the answer is no, then the answer is no. And I think that was a really valuable piece of advice. Wow. I I love that piece of advice too. And I think that's something a lot of people need to take into consideration, not just in business and career wise, but even in personal life. I think that's something people forget that it's often important to say no to things, whether it's with your friends or with, or with not your friends. Like, you know, sometimes people might invite you to things or ask you to do something for them Mm. or with them. And sometimes I think naturally as humans, we want to say yes because we don't want to hurt the other person's feelings or we, mm. we don't want to feel FOMO or whatever it is. And I think that's something we need to apply in personal life as well is to, mm. to say no to things that don't align with you as a person and to whatever standards and values you have. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> Do you have a specific morning routine that you feel like has improved the outcome of your day? Maybe a specific way you start your day or do you not look at your phone when you wake up or what is it in particular, if anything, that you do? Um, disappointingly so, I do not or I used to have it for the longest time when I was hustling and bustling. <laughs> right now, I'm at a stage where I'm trying to be a little bit kinder to my body and be a little bit kinder to my mental health. So I'm not as self-disciplined as I used to be. But I think from 2016 to 2018, every single day when I was building the company and when I just launched the company, I used to wake up at 5.30 a.m. every single day on the dots, and I worked out, meditated, and journaled out my thoughts and my emotions, checked in with myself and how I feel, and I, I was definitely more proactive it's kind of guilty to say that I completely abandoned those morning rituals Mm -hmm. (laughs) that I thoroughly enjoyed because I really did. um, I would definitely say that 
the morning ritual, the morning routine habits really did contribute to some degree of success mm-hmm. or it definitely sets you up for success as well. Mm-hmm. But I think from 2019, um, the later point of 2019 was really challenging because I had to, you know, there were some turbulence in the business. So I, I think that was a moment where I realized I was being really burned out with my work. So I didn't want to set up a system or a ritual for myself. I just wanted to let my physical being just be and my mental being just be. So that's what I'm currently practicing. So yeah. I like that you mentioned that too, because I think that's something for me, even I don't necessarily have a morning ritual or morning routine. I kind of just, I do things repeatedly, but I wouldn't say I I wake up and I meditate or I wake up and I read right away or even avoid looking at my phone. But that doesn't mean that you have to have one to be successful or feel like you can still have a great day. You know what I mean? So I like that you mentioned that and you're still doing all these great things. Yeah, I definitely definitely do feel guilty and I'm trying to get back onto it once I fully recover from my burnout and from right. my from the scars that I had from 2019. Yeah. Do you do anything personally that helps you continue to learn and improve every day? Maybe it's like listening to a podcast or reading or maybe just doing something for yourself, I guess in a sense that helps you um continue to move forward. Yeah. I am a huge believer of life is too short to learn everything. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I love and I do practice my growth mindset. And I think, you know, like this is probably not the healthiest, but my default mindset is that I'm not enough. And that's why I couldn't really answer the question that you asked before about confidence, because I'm not always confident with Mm -hmm. what I know and who I am. And I have so much more to learn and grow. And I mean, it's like a double-edged sword in a way because sometimes it can lead you to have that constant self-doubt and the negative self-talks. But on the flip side, that is something that motivates you to go out of your way to learn something new and become constantly better at something. Um, So each month I do set a theme or a goal for myself to learn or focus on. And because I have, you know, like everyone has 24 hours a day, but besides sleeping and working, you only have like, I guess, one or two hours at most to be able to learn something new or Mm -hmm. consume content. And I want to really be able to be conscious of the content that I consume. That's That's why I do set a monthly goal or a monthly theme, monthly theme for myself. So let's say, um, for example, like if, if leadership or team management skill is the goal that I have for the month of April, then I would limit the content that I watch, that I listen on podcasts, that I read from books to strictly that would contribute to leadership and team management. And I think it's been really helpful because there's only, as I said, so much time that you have on your hand and you can just spend hours and hours watching just random YouTube videos and random podcasts, but I would rather um, put in my time and get the ROI <laughs> return right. on investment on the time that I spend watching mm-hmm. and reading things. So I became really intentional and became really conscious of what kind of content that I can um, consume that will benefit me to learn something new. 
And I think that's been pretty helpful so far. Wow. I really like that strategy. And I feel like I kind of want to input that into my own life as well. I think that's so good that you're mindful about like, you know, focusing on one thing for that month and using that extra hour or two you have per day to solely focus on that. Because I think that's something huge too, is when you, when you want to do so many different things, like you said, you know, life is too short to try to do it all. So it's Mm -hmm. more important to focus on those certain things and have that one target per month because you can always chase that one thing versus like kind of Marie Forleo said, like chasing after so many things. So we get distracted. Yeah, absolutely. And I think with the abundance of options out there with content, I think it's very, very easy for you to get sidetracked and you are at one point you're consuming so many amazing contents, but like, what are you actually left with? Like what Mm -hmm. is actually actionable to, for you to apply into your life? I think if you ask that question, then you can reflect on your content consumption habit, which I think it's very, very powerful. Mm -hmm. And what's your overall life philosophy? If you had to pick like a quote, (laughs) a statement that you kind of live by, what would it be? And it can be like Um, random too, just like kind of what's just your way of approaching life? I want to do well by doing good. And this is a statement that I wrote in my Instagram bio. And I think I found myself like being really, um, I found myself like trying to use my platform for good as much as I can and trying to use my business to inspire other businesses to do good. Mm -hmm. And I think that has been a life philosophy or the value that I live by. Mm -hmm. And it's something that I'll definitely stick to (laughs) for a long time. I love that. And I can definitely see that in the way you hold yourself and the way you, like you said, the values you have your business held to. I think that's just, it shows in your overall work. So I believe it. (laughs) Thanks, Emily. And one last question, and that is what fulfills you in life? Oh my God. Um, I think when the genuine intention behind whatever you do, when that gets delivered to the audience, to your customers, to your community, whoever's on the other side. Mm-hmm. I think that's what fulfills me. And I'm a huge fan of Yvon Chouinard from Patagonia, who's the mm-hmm. founder of Patagonia. And he is just a living business idol that I will definitely chase after mm-hmm. uh, word by word. And I think the way he approaches like how he utilizes his business to find what fulfills him and what fulfills his business has been truly inspirational. And I'm also trying to implement that or like implement a similar model in the beauty industry as much as possible Mm -hmm. and trying to carve my own path in that way. Yeah. I I love everything you said on today's episode. I'm super stoked for everyone to hear it. Where can we find you on social media and share just a little bit about where they can find your website, your brand, your YouTube, all of the the good stuff. (laughs) The good stuff. Okay. On YouTube, you can type in Leah Yu. That is L-I-A-H-Y-O-O. And that will lead me to, you know, Instagram slash Instagram.com slash Leah Yu, TikTok Leah Yu, Um, Crave Beauty. It is available at CraveBeauty.com. It starts with a K. And yeah. That's pretty much it. 
Amazing. And I'll definitely link all of those in the show notes. So if anyone wants to go find you, they can find it in the show notes too. Thank you, Emily. (laughs) Thank you so much. I appreciate it. I appreciate you so much too. Thank you. And that was today's episode with Leah Yu. Like I said earlier, I was so stoked to have her on. She is just so genuine and kind. And you guys heard me mention it. I love her personal mission in not only what she does as a, you know, creator, as someone that publishes content for the world to see, but I love her mission in her company and the way her philosophy is very different um, compared to majority of skincare brands, as we know, um, with anything in business, it's, it's sometimes often very focused on consumerism, and I love how she shares her different philosophies. So I hope you guys had a great takeaway from this, and if you did, please share with me in my DMs or comment on the latest Instagram post with Leah Yu. Um, it really means a lot to me when I see your guys' feedback good or bad um, because I take it with a grain of salt and I know there's always room for improvement so please just let me know in my dms let me know if you love this and if you have been loving just the podcast in general I would greatly appreciate it if you left a review on apple podcasts I always notice it and I always try my best to find you on instagram and send you a dm or if you let me know I always like to have a conversation with you so thank you again for all the support I love you guys all and Talk to you next week.